It was the year of fans. The year of newbies. The year we reviewed the show with love. It was the year of predictions. The year of great feedback. The year of puns. And the year of memes. It was a new season. It was a podcast of future history. It was a year absolutely nothing changed. The year is 2015. The show down below. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. And I'm Heidi. And <laughs> Beth and Ian are kind of MIA right now. I know Beth is joining us, but her voice may not be quite there. Maybe Ian will join the call soon. <laughs> They're dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, we are pleased to be joined once again by a returning visitor. It's Derek. Hey Derek. Hey, Derek. I remember. I'm sorry. So, I've been meaning to write you. I think I've only written once in the last few episodes. Um, I've been on various conferences and learning to student teach nurses. So, it like. Oh, wow. Being in the hospital. So, um, That's cool. my mind isn't exactly where it was. So, you might get an interesting uh, uh, voice from me today. Anyway. <laughs> so, was this your first choice or were you just subbing in on this episode uh this one's my sub i really like this episode um it's kind of a transitory episode but yeah two weeks is my first choice and probably my favorite episode ever i think oh okay this is really cool. i know which episode that is <laughs> forward to. so this one's really good i, I do like this one so i, I left that bitch. nice so it's like 7 a.m. and I just got home like 25 minutes ago and I'm st- still wearing the same clothes I had on yesterday. So that's where my night was. Like, <laughs> So I might not be fully here either. <laughs> this will be an interesting episode. <laughs> Today we are here to discuss episode 13 of season four, Rumors, Bargains, and Lies. But first, the voice of the resistance. This is ISN News. In political news from the League of Non-Aligned Worlds, there are rumours spreading of a new enemy. An enemy that appears to have high-grade stealth technology. There are talks amongst representatives that the only course of action is to seek out aid from the Rangers and the White Star Fleet. What repercussions this may have for the future of interspecies and galactic politics we do not yet know. In other news, the civil war on Membar continues to rage, with the warrior caste continuing to have the upper hand. Cities throughout the northern province continue to be bombarded by warrior caste forces, and only shrewd political manoeuvrings on the part of the religious caste has had any effort in slowing their advancement. It seems increasingly likely that the warrior caste will win this war and, as such, will form a new Membari government. We can only hope that this new Membari government will be as cooperative as the previous one. This has been ASN News. On a quest for domination, evil sorcerers from another land tore apart the barriers between our worlds, and the release of magical energy burned the earth. Ten years later, a young woman named Skylar took control of the magic and used it to stop them and seal the rift. Earth was saved. Or so it seemed. Now, a new threat rises. Though the rift was closed, sorcerers from that distant land still live in our world, and the greatest of them, Embryal, has vowed to open a new rift. Helping him is Cassandra, a dark reflection of Skylar, who is devoted to him heart and soul. Will Skylar's magic be enough to stop them? And when she finally comes face to face with Cassandra, 
Will she use her power against someone she so easily could have become? Written by Justin R. McCumber and published by Crescent Moon Press, A Broken Magic is the second book in the Born of Fire series. Skylar's adventure began in 2012 with a minor magic, and now it continues as Skylar once again pits herself against powers older and stronger than she is. Amy Dale, author of Off With Her Heart, says, Justin McCumber's Born of Fire series follows a very unique storyline, and I love that it doesn't feel just like every other book I've read. He has an amazing way of developing a universe that you can see. I am excited for what more is to come from Mr. McCumber. And Philippa Ballantyne, author of Wraith and Hunter and Fox, declares, Justin McCumber knows how to master both action and character. His writing takes you to places you'll want to go. A Broken Magic is available in print and ebook from Amazon and Barnes and Noble. To learn more about the author, please visit him at justinmacumber.com and facebook.com forward slash Justin R. McCumber. Rumors, Bargains, and Lies originally aired May 12th, 1997. It was directed by Mike Behar, who last directed War Without End Part 2. It was written by JMS. So let's get started with the recap. So the episode begins in the mess hall. We have Sheridan already there thinking, contemplating with Ivanova, Franklin, and Marcus enter. Excuse me, I shouldn't eat right before we record. Um, <laughs> they discuss how hard it is to work with all the individual races, and Sheridan's laughing at the whole time. And I weird. think he's completely lost it. <laughs> yeah, the stress is getting to him. I'm pretty sure they still have psych meds in their 20 years. <laughs> Franklin needs to <laughs> give him them. something. So do they have, like on Star Trek, or like Counselor Troy, where they have telepaths who are psych in the psych field? I wonder. You just read people's minds and tell them how they're feeling and what they're hiding and There you go. Whatever. Yeah. His insurance is probably, probably out now since, you know, they seceded from Earth, so we'd be just uh, the prescription benefit. Can't afford a Blue Cross. <laughs> can't cover that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sheridan has an epiphany and he decides it's best just not to try to convince the White Stars to patrol their borders and they're all perplexed and he sends Marcus out to Sector 87 with three White Stars to wait for orders and Ivanova she goes and checks his drink <laughs> good <laughs> thinking Ivanova that's funny that could have been it they all laughed I thought it was funny where you know it wasn't like you know done like completely serious you know she was just making a joke uh-huh. I haven't heard it. I don't think Zach got many lines this week because he had it sounded like he had a really bad cold so yeah. to me I wrote down he sounds like Batman so I noticed he said Ivanova or something like that yeah. <laughs> he pronounced her name weird um, what's going on so I think that may be why he's not talking a whole lot this episode. And I will I will voice this for Beth. Um, Clarence was not with them, and I was very <laughs> sad. He got shafted. Oh, Clarence. Zach got to be with him, I guess, because he's chief now. Yeah, he's the Garib- he took Garibaldi's place at the table. Maybe Clarence does the night shift. Maybe he leads the whole station at night. Maybe he uh, doesn't uh, get to come because uh, he has to be there when Vonova's not because he's like second in command of the team. <laughs> it would be, um, yeah, like maybe he pissed Ivanova off and got assigned to... <laughs> he got demoted <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. He's on trash duty. Uh, we see some white stars, Delin and Lanier are on one. They haven't been able to contact home, and we find out that fighting in the Minbari capital has begun. Civil war. Okay, I am normally, uh, like I like Delenn. I normally stick up for the Sheridan and Delenn relationship and things. She drove me absolutely insane during this speech because it's like the whole oh. universe rests on her shoulders and revolves around everything that she did oh my gosh I was so annoyed 
Yeah, I thought she, I thought she did a really good job of, you know, in this scene and the tears. Maybe I'm just feeling sorry for her. Again. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're buying into it, and I'm like, uh. <laughs> but yeah, she um, wonders if this is her fault. I think that line is something that's quoted a lot. Like, I see my city in flames, or something like that. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I do like that when Lanier mentioned Balin's prophecy, she's like, don't give me that. We know that was some That player. was awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. See, they keep, like, even even her, she'll talk about Balin or, you know, say the things and say Balin. And it's like, okay, yeah, but you know who that is. And so it was great that she actually pointed that out and was like, uh, no, it, we we know about that. It doesn't work. Hmm. Or maybe wait, I was thinking maybe she doesn't know she does know that he's or does she just know that Sinclair went back? No, she, does, she does know. Oh, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. She and Lynn. So you know, what if she just thinks that Sinclair told Valen a bunch of stuff, but I think she does know. Oh she trying to remember how that happened. Sathros did that whole you know, you're the one of the three or the three. Uh huh. Okay. The three or the one and the whatever. Yeah, she and Sheridan and Sinclair all got that marriage ceremony with the boy. <laughs> They're yeah. all married to each other. Yeah. Aww. No, she she's in on the she's in on the, the the story now. So yeah, yeah. I thought she would go into that speech again about millions of years ago. <laughs> and then Sinclair went back in time. <laughs> Dylan's grandchildren are going to tell that story, but they're going to add in the Sinclair part whenever the shadows come back. I feel bad for Dylan's grandchildren. <laughs> Grandma won't shut up. <laughs> You've heard this story a thousand times, and it's taken a hundred years just to hear it. Every time one of them, like, uh, makes a bad choice or falls down and gets hurt or anything, it'll be like, oh, Grandma's going to tell the story again. Yeah. Put her in a home. <laughs> Sorry, that was. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they're gonna meet up with this ship, and they hope Naroon's gonna be there. On um, Babylon Five, Sheridan doesn't want Londo to acknowledge that the White Stars are patrolling the Centauri border. Lando doesn't understand humans, including that comedy duo of Rebo and Zudi, which I think we've heard mentioned once before. <laughs> Just doesn't get it. I, I thought Lando delivered that line perfectly. I didn't get it. <laughs> they were doing a comedy routine, sort of. <laughs> well, wasn't it Lando who didn't understand the hokey pokey at one time? Yeah. So, um, yes. I, he was like, you put your right hand in, Mr. Garibaldi. Don't <laughs> Maybe he's just a little too sophisticated for us. <laughs> so Delin and Nerun meet the warrior and religious cast. Um, he doesn't like the welcome he gets, but she says he's under her protection. She wants to talk to him alone. She's not worried about being alone with him. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> just... <laughs> the other religious cast don't. When they leave, the other religious cast members don't think, don't like how respectfully she's treating him. They've had, heard rumors that they're going to surrender to the warrior cast, but Lanier kind of shuts them up. And Delin wants Nerun's help. She likes that he tries to do what's best for um, their people. She doesn't think either one of the cast should be allowed to win the war. She says that they just have to get everyone's attention. But they both end up, um, they're risking alienating their cast by doing this, but Nuru's going to help her for now. Yeah, when I first saw this several years ago, um, when I first saw this episode, my question was, wasn't there like a worker cast that's like most of the people, and so why aren't they in this conversation? Yeah, like, where are they? <laughs> they're just busy working. Yeah. <laughs> They're like That's right. so what, <laughs> They're just, all working. They don't have time for politics. I guess, uh, yeah. It's like the workers get like the they've never read Marx or something. So, yeah, <laughs> they don't like, have time to read. They're working. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought there were three cats, and so anyway, that was my when I watched this way back originally. It was like, 
Um, don't the workers, shouldn't they be meeting here? Maybe that's part of the conflict. They want to be a part of it and they're not letting them. Like maybe that's part of the issues too. I don't. So on Minbar, we see some people randomly running. (laughs) It was hilarious. (laughs) Like, what are they running from? It reminds me of, um, that um, AI software massive that they invented for the Lord of the Rings movies to do the big battles. That's actually, that's exactly what I thought of was like, this is a really, really basic version of Lord of the Rings. Well, people, <laughs> computer-generated people running around, like the yeah. television version of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think on the bonus features, they show like what happens sometimes when the AI didn't work the way it was supposed to and just see people like, running away from the battle. <laughs> it <looked> like this. <laughs> yeah. I think they used that AI on Buffy too in the last episode. Um, yeah, I came... So in, go ahead. Oh, I just... I came up with... Uh, immediately I thought, if fighting breaks out on Minbar, someone's going to lose an eye with all those glass buildings. Lose <laughs> <laughs> an eye. But the whole world is glass or crystal. Yeah. So, so do they have earthquakes there? there? <laughs> My other thing was people in glass houses should not throw stones. Is a very <laughs> yes. Uh, Mimbari should not throw stones. <laughs> in the Zokolo, the Drazi ambassador is questioning Sheridan about the white stars in Centauri space and Sinclair's being evasive. This was a good plan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of risky though. It seems like if they find out that he tricked. Well, them. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you play on people's insecurities and it worked. Yeah. In C&C, there's no clearance, but Sheridan and Ivanova talk to Marcus. And he has, Sheridan has Marcus target several asteroids and destroy them and then come home. I miss clearance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not the focus of the scene. <laughs> Ivanova's again like, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, when's your next broadcast? And she tells him, and then he has to go find Franklin because he has a job for Franklin. Yeah, figuring out what he was doing, I had no idea. <laughs> so Londo speaking to the Drazi ambassador, he denies knowing anything. Londo's kind of hilarious in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> like, your maker's not very not good to you. <laughs> it's where um, he talks about their little beady eyes or something. Yes. Yeah. And then I wrote... Um, but Centauri and Drazi have the same eyes. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, when he was saying it, he was like, they're little beady eyes, and then our big, wide eyes. And I was like, really? No. It might work <laughs> if there was a mask on where, you know, like, they were just, like, hundreds of little eyes. But Yeah. And he had to uh, refer to his uh, organs again, because he just... He's really... Uh, obsessed with himself. <laughs> well, he's going to be what? Prime, is it Prime Minister soon, or what's his thing? Um, he's going to lead Centauri, basically. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's building his ego up even more so than there before. We go. You know, he's going to be king soon. It's the plan. Um, what's that song from The Lion King? <laughs> so. Great to be. You just can't wait to be king. I just can't wait to be king. That's totally Londo. (laughs) Yes, I've seen that movie ten times in the last week. So, (laughs) So, my three-year-old is now obsessed with that movie. So, um, probably not the best Christmas gift we could give out. So, yes, I saw that just last night. So, it's great to be king. It's better than Frozen. (laughs) Oh, haven't seen that yet. Thank God. So, oh, don't buy that one. You'll be watching that. Well, uh, I did take him to Star Wars for his first ever movie, and he was oh. pretty impressed. So um, nice, yeah. So um, when that comes, because we watched the original Star Wars before Lion King. Luckily, I, I bribed him, but like, <laughs> Star Wars then Lion King. But he's like, okay, but so hopefully when that comes out, we can get out the Lion King out of the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. It's doubtful. I was 12 when Lion King came out, and I still watched it, like, every day. Oh, ugh. Uh, <laughs> I think I was in high school. Uh, good times. 
Yeah, I was in high school, which is when this episode aired. Um, <laughs> I was graduating. Um, so, London, uh, wait, we already said that. Yeah, so when they leave, the Drazi ambassador meets with his buddies. He thinks Sheridan, everybody's hiding something that may be more serious than they thought. And Franklin shows up and he wants them to all request additional blood from their governments. And when he leaves, they think it's really bad. Whatever it is. And I finally... Did Franklin... Oh, go ahead. I said, did Franklin sell this? Or, well, did he oversell it? Or <laughs> how did he do? Well, I don't know. Even when he's sincere, sometimes he's overselling something. So, it's hard <laughs> to know. He always oversells. But I finally like him. I know I've been, like, one of the leading voices to, like, dump him off the station in an airlock. But um, I don't think I wrote in when he and um, number one on Mars, you know, had their little rendezvous. But... Ever since then, I think he's actually gotten more interesting. And now that he's not trying to be touchy-feely with patients, but other people. <laughs> and I think he's better. He's he's like a spy in this, or like kind of sneaky. And I think the further away he is from the much better I like him. So maybe he should just resign and just be a spy. <laughs> yeah. Double O, Franklin. <laughs> I would not watch that. <laughs> I wouldn't watch it, but it's just much more full <laughs> than, than Dr. Franklin, touchy-feely guy. Yeah. The religious cast members are talking aboard the White Star. They think Delenn's going to surrender and they're going to stop it. But since they can't really like openly move against her, they're going to, um, because it could divide the religious cast, they're going to make sure the ship doesn't reach home. There are some... Interesting facial expressions by the background actors in this scene. (laughs) 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 It was, it was uh, like when they're coming to realize that I guess what he was saying that they that was planned was whatever. I just, I just Um, was laughing because you know mass suicide has always been historically you know the best solution for anything. So especially if you're religious. Yeah. So it's like, let's just kill ourselves instead. So, yes, I, you know, because that always works. Yeah, it brings everyone over to your side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the rest of the ship who had nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they're going to poison the atmosphere and then the ship will just keep drifting in that hyperspace and never be found. And Lanier overheard this last part. It doesn't say anything. Um, so Ivana was about to do another broadcast and we find out that Clark's, most of Clark's cabinet resigned after the martial law decree, but ISC is not saying that if, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we heard that before, but, um, no, I, I think that's the first time we've heard of any, any kind of dissent. Oh yeah. So that the secretary of agriculture resigned. Sheridan wants her to plan a story where she doesn't like the idea, but since it's true, she'll say it. Everything's going okay in sector 83 by 9 by 12. Everything's fine. Which is a line you'll hear Babylon 5 fans quote. I think Claudia Christian even just quoted that on her Facebook page. Just <laughs> kind of out of the blue. Like, I just want to say everything's fine in sector <laughs> 83 by 9 by 12. <laughs> she does the broadcast. And, yeah, she also says that people risk arrest or court-martial just for watching the voice of the resistance. Yeah, she played that really good. I I liked that. Yeah. Sher- Sheridan was right. Ivanova is really good at this. Like Uh-huh. She just seems very trustworthy. <laughs> and Anna. You have no choice but to trust her. Well, I mean, she's so down and dour <laughs> yeah. all the time that you really can't put on a happy face. So, you know, she's being honest cuz yeah, she's just always a defeatist. Um, so the non-aligned world ambassadors, whatever, they heard this and they also heard about debris in that sector. So they think it might be a new enemy that the white stars can see. They think they have a right to the same technology to help them with this invisible enemy. This is another example where some of the expressions on the actors in the scene are just priceless. It's like... Oh, listen, they just, they just started freaking out so quickly about this possible invisible enemy. Like, oh, that could be right here. Oh, my God. 
Looking around. around. They're in the room! <laughs> All the spiders yeah. were, they couldn't see them, so... That's... I, I think they should just rename this episode Stupid People. So, because <laughs> there were, like, two distinct... Mass hysteria. Yeah, yeah, mass hysteria. Cats and dogs living together. Um, the insanity, so... In the world... <laughs> So Nerun's talking to this warrior cast guy and um, tells the guy he wants to see Delin, but the guy hits Nerun. And Lauren goes off, which sets off the timer for this poison. Delin comes and makes Nerun get some rest. And they're going to arrest the attacker. This is what <laughs> going to leave him a copy of the Sacred Scrolls to read. And... Um, she wants her people to watch the, the warrior cast because apparently, yeah, apparently the um, these people are gonna think the warrior cast were gonna surrender just like the religious cast thought they were gonna surrender. And once the warrior, the religious cast people realized that that wasn't the plan to surrender, you know, they're like, "Oh, it's too late." She tells them they are her rock. It's too late to stop the poison, but Lanier is on it. He stops it. But he collapses before the uh, D-bags <laughs> set the trap. Oh, the I, somehow I pictured him like trying to siphon gas or something instead. I don't know. Like he's <laughs> a hose in the car. I think. <laughs> but, you know, for all of the, the stuff that say they, the Minbari don't lie or whatever, there was a hell of a lot of lying in this episode <laughs> from the Minbari. Well, yeah. Any side, so... Lanier lies as he wakes up, and he was like, no, it was an accident. I just saw it walking through, you know. Yeah, well, they Uh, also don't kill each other, so. uh, Yeah, (laughs) Um, He could say that Lanier was trying to save their honor, but I don't know about the others. Yeah, Naroon, of course, is a big fat liar this episode. Right. Naroon. And just about everybody else except, of course, Delin, who never lies. She just, well, she eventually... Because... Because she believes the stuff, like she actually believes everything that she says. You know that that they don't kill each other, that they don't lie, and all of these things. And she has very high ideals that they never live up to. <laughs> that's that's true. And her speeches go on for like three hours. So oh my goodness, lie, it's like an hour, two and a half. So no one's paying attention anyway. But you know, her <laughs> and Sheridan could have a speech off. <laughs> No one would come and listen. It would just be the two of them. But <laughs> it would just be Clarence listening. Yes. <laughs> and Lanier. <laughs> Lanier like would listen. The 380th, um, you know, official ceremony of the up to up to the marriage. <laughs> ritual is the speech off. The speech off. <laughs> we have to make sure we can tolerate each other talking. There's a ceremony for it. <laughs> we call it a speech off. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Delin gets an update on Lanier from the room. If he lives, they can find out what happened. And they talk about how she's been training him and how much she relies on him. And the room's come to respect her since they first met. So in the council chambers, the ambassadors are debating whether or not they should reveal what they know when Sheridan comes in. They demand help in protecting their borders until they can rebuild their fleets and They'll give him all the authority he needs, and and also if they need help, well, if the White Stars need help, all the races will send support. And they're adamant about this, so he agrees. (laughs) And fear will make people agree to anything, won't it? Yeah. And then they dismiss him. The way they dismissed him kind of made it seem like they had all the authority. Oh, yeah. They thought they did. (laughs) Yeah, and... They seem happy, and Sheridan, of course, is happy once he leaves. <laughs> Startles a few people. He's on the elevator. <laughs> yeah, I like that storyline. I mean, okay, you have to get out of reality for just a second, because no one's that naive, but hopefully not. But um, it was kind of cool how he tricked him into it. You know, how he really was thinking of this, you know, fairly elaborate plan for a good cause. Yeah. Once again, I don't know how anybody could be quite that naive, but yeah, and then not figure it out later too. That's <laughs> the question: is when are they going to come back and go, "Hey"? Next episode, they're like Sheridan with their big fingers pointing. At 
Yeah. Um, so on the White Star, Lanier lies about what happened. Apparently they had to move part of Lanier's lung. Uh, so, yeah. I don't... Uh, he's just so devoted to Delenn, and he knows that she has all these ideals, too. And he doesn't yeah. want her, like, disillusioned, and so he just takes it all on himself. And he, I think he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. yeah. He wants to live in Delenn's world. He wants to keep living in that world, so he didn't tell her the truth. Yeah, sure. it's not the big puppy dog anymore, the golden retriever. It's now Lania, who's kind of a puppy, walking behind on the heels of Delenn. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what kind of dog he is, but he's certainly a little puppy going, yep, 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 okay, yep, yep. <laughs> so he tells him to go away. <laughs> kind of like you, well, tell a dog to go away, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, Rub my belly or go away. <laughs> Um, so Ivanova does another voice of the Resistance broadcast. She talks about the League Worlds authorizing the White Stars and some rumors about Proxima 3. And she asks for any news about fighting on Minbar. The Sheridan was concerned about this. Lanier wakes up and sees Naroon leaving, and he tells Delin. See, Naroon radios someone. He says he has the enemy's plans to attack their forces in the capital. The religious caste is divided and weak and doesn't want a long war, and victory will be theirs in a week. You bastard. Rune. <sighs> no. See, he's Should not only know. lying to Delenn, where he was like, yes, we'll help. But then he was lying to the warrior people, because he's like, I have their plans to invade us when the religious caste isn't. I don't, yeah. Narun just turned from, like, sort of bad but at least respected guy into like you know laughing evil curly mustache guy so he is uh javert in um lemus oh lemus <laughs> so what are you doing Narun? so that was the end and he left his personal physician behind apparently so <laughs> um near linear have my purse which why you would have one, I don't know. But um, And then he was flying back, so I guess he left his whole entourage and his personal physician behind um, on the religious cast ship. Interesting, because like once if they figure out that he uh, has betrayed them, then they could like hold them. I don't know. He probably wouldn't care, but... Huh. No, I, I just think it was a loose plot point. But it was... Sure. So the greats are good. Oh, we really didn't like last week's episode, did we? <laughs> um, um, see, any notes? Um, yeah, they made another reference to Channel 4, the network that aired B5 in the UK. Marcus is waiting on Channel 4. I guess in once the breakfast scene, there's a shot of food on Marcus's fork, but then when they cut back to Marcus, there's no food there. <laughs> He ate it. <laughs> um, oh, one, one, thing, one note that I had that I forgot to mention. I, I couldn't believe it had only been three days since Dylan left. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens, I guess, <laughs> for, to Sheridan. Wow. I was thinking this morning, like, maybe he really needs those six-hour-long dinner rituals to keep him on his sanity levels. So. Yeah. Maybe he's gotten so used to that that you remove it and his whole routine goes down the drain. But yeah, maybe he needs to learn not to go crazy, and that's what happens. Yeah, they made Ivanova read a teleprompter to make it seem newsy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, have even in the Mimbari ships, all the pillows have triangles are are triangles. I noticed. <laughs> I guess after the fourth time, I noticed these little things. So. They have those triangle pillows, which I'm not sure if I would like or not, because you can't take them and like hold them against your head and hold them tight. They do definitely pay attention to detail on this show, as far as like set dressings and stuff. It's nice. Hmm. Bill Blair was in it. I've been lack on my Bill Blair watch. Uh oh. 
Are there any quotes? Yes. Um, let's see. I'm going to do Dylan. This is the second time I've seen you near death. You're starting to acquire bad habits. Linear. It was much safer in Temple. Also far less interesting. Absolutely nothing happened in Sector 83 by 9 by 12 today. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, this is from Zach. I'm Batman. But- <laughs> <laughs> Swear to me. Swear to me. This is a movie for Batman. <laughs> they actually didn't find it that many interesting quotes more so. No. No, there were some long speeches. Speeches by Dylan. Yeah, this was a speech episode. <laughs> I mean, it was a good transition episode because they got the war and it looks like, you know, the Membari might be headed towards war. So it was good that it set up a lot of stuff, but it was definitely just. It wasn't an action-oriented episode. Um, uh, shoulders are sore. <laughs> Just random thoughts in Will's head. I did like a hundred deadlifts yesterday for some stupid reason. <laughs> you went to a hundred deadlifts, then you went out all night. Wow. <laughs> so. so I did the deadlifts in the morning. I had time to rest, and I edited stuff the afternoon. I feel so lazy. I watched the last season of Parks and Recreation and fell asleep. So um, <laughs> it's okay. I was lazy too. <laughs> um, oh, Ian just woke up. <laughs> well, yeah, um, it's hmm, snowy afternoon there. Yeah, must be taking a nap. Um, <laughs> um, oh yeah, who's our human of the week? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I want to give it to Ivanova for the delivery of that, but it was really Sheridan's plan. His plan has some flaws, even though it worked. It has some flaws. Yeah, I thought it was Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. I wish it was Ivanova, but I have to give it to Sheridan. And who is our alien of the week? Hi. <sighs> Well, I like Maroon up until like the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I know. We can't give it to him. He betrays everybody. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, so, um, it'd be okay if he betrayed them, but just in a less obvious way. So I can't give it to Lanier because it just makes me too sad what he did. And that he saved everybody, but then he won't, you know, out them. Yeah. Um, Londo, Londo's Londo was funny. Londo. <laughs> Some reasons I don't want to give it to Delin. No, <laughs> no. Let's give it to let's, Londo. You know what? Let's just Londo and his large eyes. Londo and his large eyes. And it's big, you know. You know. <laughs> I left that one out. Lardo, um, Londo and his large eyes. Um. Okay, ratings. This will be. <laughs> you want to rate this one, Derek? Um, this one was it was pretty good. I, uh, you know, even even though like nothing action wise went on, the I mean the plot was pretty substantial. Everyone was kind of themselves except for Sheridan, um, who was just off his rocker. But I, for me, it's about it's about a seven. It's pretty good. You know, it's a worth watching episode. I wouldn't put it on my favorites list, but I I liked it. Um, seven beady eyes. Eyes. <laughs> what are you hiding? Um. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with Derek. It was much better than last week. Um, and I think it helped set things up and move things along. Where you know I was complaining last week that we were kind of stagnating a little bit. Um. So. I think I will also give it seven out of ten. Um, uh, what is in Sheridan's coffee? <laughs> I agree. It's better than last week, and I like the. Um, you know, I think I like the Minbari subplot more than the um, Sheridan subplot. I'll give it seven and a half out of ten. Uh, Poison 
bombs, whatever. <laughs> Seven out of ten um, uh, car sifting, um, yeah, gas lifting veneers. Cypress veneers. Yeah, it was Deadwood where they were making fun of um, Christian Bell's character's eyes. They said she had ferret eyes or something like that. <laughs> um, I think she has five eyes. Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> so let's siphon some gas out and put it in the White Star and head to Feedback Land. I'm just going to pay copy and paste because I don't have time to do okay. make a document. Our first email is from Pinky. Pinky says, hello, down below crew. Just heard the appeal for contributions for your season four intro. So I wish I had heard this in time to add something myself. Off to plead with Zathras and Drawl to let me use the great machine to go back in time so I can submit a recording. <laughs> I guess you already know if I've been successful. I don't think it worked. Oh, man. <laughs> Try again. So <laughs> giant hologram when I took a shower this morning. Sorry. <laughs> catching up with you, catching up well with your timeline. There are pluses to being off sick. Keep up the good work. I have always been here. Pinky, not the brain. Well, Thanks, Pinky. <laughs> is he insane or genius? Yeah, I think I saw Pinky's Twitter. It's <laughs> fun. Um, oh yeah, I like the. I've always been here, but it's kind of creepy though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Next is from Lori and Carl. Oh, I hope they're okay. We've got more email since I last checked when we started. <laughs> they got dumped um, on by all that snow. I think. Yeah, that's all. That's all pictures. Uh, I know I'm in Minnesota and it's like 20 degrees and we're basically summer here. Minnesota. It's, yeah, it's average winter day here, like rainy and a little cold. Yeah, we got snow last night, but I mean, it's I mean, Utah, we're used to it. Minus 15, but this week, yeah, 20 degrees is practically shorts weather up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm finding the top, there we go, of... Lori and Carl's. Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. This was a really fun episode to watch with Carl. He absolutely loved Sheridan's plan and watching it unfold. Carl says he played them perfectly, and it was also perfect timing in the series and storyline to do a comedy episode. He felt that Sheridan's character is really developing. Carl is really coming around to liking Sheridan. We loved seeing Londo back. He was the perfect choice to play the part in the deception. Comments for the other storyline. Delenn has only been gone for three days. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it has been much longer. How did Thalen know the Grey Council would fall? Did he have prophetic powers? <laughs> no, he probably just <laughs> knew Delenn. <laughs> she told um, him last year. That the Grey Council did fall? or Because didn't that happen after he went back? Um, I don't remember. Let's see. I was trying to figure that out, too, and I was thinking that it happened afterwards, but... Maybe she told them she was going to do it. Maybe. She had the plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Carl thinks there are more warrior cast Mimbari than religious cast Mimbari in numbers. Anyone else? How do you all think this will play out? I think the worker cast is going to take over it. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a communist paradise. (laughs) Yes. Enjoyed seeing Narun again. Carl likes his character a lot. The religious cast leader is not too bright at all. If he is their next best leader, then we think the religious cast is in big trouble. <laughs> Lanier very much put them to shame. Good thing that he is on Delenn's side. Carl was surprised that Narun double-crossed Delenn. What did the ambassadors think? I was not surprised. Um, <laughs> not not from him. Yeah, I guess I was, actually, that. I don't know. It's just, I mean, he took a hit to the head for them, so. I yeah, don't know. I, I guess, uh, like, I wasn't, you know, sitting there waiting for it, but when it happened, I was like, oh, well, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, quotes. Sheridan. Zoot zoom. <laughs> Ondo. <laughs> Tiny, beady, squinty little things, aren't they? And that whole speech, <laughs> they said. 
Uh, Lori's ratings. 8 out of 10 clever plots. Alien, Darun, Human, Sheridan. Carl's rating. 5 Sheridans, uh, brackets 25. Ship, Babylon 5. Set, Sheridan's office. Mm. Species, Membari, Darun. Human, Sheridan. Wooing slash relationship, Sheridan. Tactical maneuver, Sheridan. <laughs> Dramatic moment, Sheridan. Comedic moment, Sheridan. Actor, <laughs> Sheridan. What would Sinclair do? Be Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, Carl. Thanks, guys. If you want us, if you can send me one, I can read one too if you need. Okay. I'll That'd be awesome because, that. you know, there's only two of us. <laughs> two, two of there's um that reminded me of I was thinking of like who could help resolve the Minbari crisis um last night when Carl was talking about that and I thought if only Brother Thierry was here he would slap both of the warrior cast and the um, religious cast and he'd bring the worker cast in. So, That's right. I miss Brother Theo, Natoth probably um or Kodoth. Kodoth, <laughs> Kodoth could do anything. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Kodoth would so not approve of this civil war. <laughs> <laughs> she would get, she would threaten to, you know, pull somebody's eyes out or something to yeah. and wrap them around something or another. So I think either one of those two would have, would have already settled this conflict. Mm-hmm. I agree. So next email is from Yarsto. Why did I think Yarsto is from Germany? I'm pretty sure he always says Yarsto from the Netherlands. Yes, he does. <laughs> Sorry, Yarsto. Um, see the top. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So there's greetings down below, casters. Yeah, finding the top of the emails is the difficult part. <laughs> Wait, it's in my email? No, it's in oh, the Skype it's chat. It's in the Skype chat. Oh, sorry. Skype chat. Um, it's just gonna, I'm, I'm an idiot here. So, where did, ah, show I am. Oh, okay. Where it says, hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitors. Uh, then down, it's down. That it starts with greetings. Carl's. Yeah. Okay. Greetings down below, casters. There it is. Here's my feedback. Yeah. Here's my feedback for rumors, bargains, and lies. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Also known as how to deny everything and influence people. Oh, good. <laughs> Also known as the one in which I can't help seeing Guy Siner as Minbari Lieutenant Gruber and any other Allo Allo fans out there, which I think is a British series. It is. Uh, this is where we. And after a lighthearted opening on Babylon's fi- on Babylon Five, the scene changes to the White Star, where with Delenn and Lanier discussing the situation on Minbar. Minbar. Now that the Civil War has... That would be an entirely different type of war. Civil War has broken out. These scenes must have been especially emotional for Mira Furlan, who fled the breakup of Yugoslavia in 1991. Oh, good point. Oh, wow, yeah. So, before recording this episode. Yeah, that would kind of suck. To flee a war zone only to have to act about one. I remember hearing to reading a story, thought it might be apocryphal, about Mira basically asking JMS how much time he'd spent in Yugoslavia because of how well the writing echoed what she felt. We also see the return of Narun, summoned by Dolin for talks. There seems to be some progress, though at the end of the episode, Narun leaves and contacts his warrior allies. And I'll add, but he left his doctor. Um, meanwhile, both the warriors and the religious conspire against their own and Lynn is saved only by the fact that Lanier is, as always, around to fix things in the end. That's true. Hey, uh, he does, hey, he does fix a lot of crap up, doesn't he? So. He does. He does. <laughs> also, the one who hides the bodies. Also, um, maybe Naroon's doctor is like Franklin and he just wanted to get rid of him. <laughs> maybe he's just out sleeping with half the religious. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, on Babylon 5, it turns that that reverse psychology works perfectly on the League of Non-Aligned Worlds. I guess we can look forward to sharing them. Sheridan telling that vegetables are really only for adults next week. <laughs> I gotta use that in my three year No, he loves vegetables, but mm-hmm. it's a good thing for other things. If this is the way he is after Dolin has gone for three days, I don't even want to know what he'll be like after another week. Dolin. Uh, oh, quotes. Franklin, if this is the way he is. Dolin. The warrior caste cannot be allowed to win this war. The religious caste cannot be allowed to win. Sheridan's quote. 
Ambassador, there are so many things in the universe that are and so many things that aren't. If I were to take the time to deny all the things that aren't, well, we'd be here for centuries, wouldn't we? So, yeah, that that speech I liked from him, where it it very felt much like he was talking about known unknowns and unknown unknowns. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another quote from Sheridan. Yes! Lanier. It was much safer in Temple, also far less interesting. Favorite characters. Human, Ivanova, narrowly beating out Sheridan because her but-nothing-happened-here reaction is just too good for me to deny her the title. Good point. Alien, Londo, narrowly being, beating out Darun because, Narun because his comments to the Drazi ambassador are also too good for me to deny him the title. Episode rating, 950 out of a thousand years of peace promised by Valen. Yarsto from the Netherlands. Thanks, Yarsto. Next, we have an email from Yan. I'll take this one. <clears throat> it says, "Hello, down belowers. Here's some feedback for the episode four for the season four episode thirteen: Rumors, Bargains, and Lies." Sheridan is worried, and suddenly the light bulb goes off in his head. I love that scene. Everyone else is duly baffled. I hear the despair in Delin's voice when she realizes that the Minbari civil war has started. Kudos to JMS and Mira for writing and f- using Mira for Alon's Civil War experience and Mira for expressing this so well. I've heard people complaining about overacting, but I think that this is just perfect. Yeah, I, I also uh, want to point out, I didn't have a problem with her acting. I just had a problem with Delenn's uh, superiority. I don't <laughs> know. She just thinks that everything's about her all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love Mira Furlan. It's the, yeah, it just, she didn't really, she just was like normal Delenn, like on above everything else, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like making a speech, going somewhere else, making another speech. Right, yeah. <laughs> Lando is utterly confused. I love this. Delenn tells Narun that none of the religious or warrior cast can be allowed to win the war. I adored that exchange, and Narun loves a challenge. Bondo's denial followed by Franklin's request to the ambassadors is just perfectly timed. And there is, of course, the news bulletin from the voice of the resistance. I like Sheridan's little game of misleading information. Oh, the religious cast members run with partial information and make a terminal error. Only Lanier says today, <clears throat> Naroon returns the compliment to Delin. But what? Was Naroon not sincere with Delin anyway? What is he up to? Now for the favorites. Human, Sheridan, Alien, Dillon. Quotes, Ivanova sniffing the captain's cup. Just checking. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Dillon, Civil War. Dillon, I think of my beautiful city in flames, the streets where I walk, the temples, great crystal spires that sigh, music whenever the wind touched them. I think of it, then I cry, Lanier, and I wonder, did I do this when I broke the Grey Council? <laughs> Not everything is your fault, Dylan. Well, this may be actually, but <laughs> this right, actually. exactly. This might actually be a time that it was. This actually, this brought up a, a, a question I, I didn't write down. But do any of the Bambari cities have names? Um, I noticed this on a lot of like a lot of worlds that none of the cities actually have names. They're just either the capital or outlying areas. Yeah. yeah it's just easier to keep things straight. <laughs> I know it's like on Game of Thrones, they always call the capital city the capital, even though it does have a name, <laughs> King's Landing. I'm not sure if I've ever heard the name on the show before. Well, you um, know, sometimes things get uh, confusing, like in Star Wars, say, because they do have planet names and city names. And so they'll be talking about something and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. And then... It's also on this planet. I mean, it's, you yeah. know, for fans, you figure it out and you, but for casual viewers, I guess it simplifies things a little. That's true. I was going to say for those of us who've watched it like 200 times. Oh, so. well, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know every name of every <laughs> ship and every character. And, but <laughs> for the lay person. For the lay person. So exactly. Um, no, I, I can understand that, but uh. It was like casual Star Wars fan. Never heard of one. Oh, they exist. <laughs> they do. Oh, I guess that's who's buying all the tickets. Yeah. Um, 
Dylan to Nerun. Yes, we've disagreed, even fought, but I'd rather have someone oppose me out of an honest belief in his own cause than someone who is always on my side because it is expected or required. Like she, she, when she said that, like she talking about linear. <laughs> I know that's, that's exactly like. Look. <laughs> I'd rather have a face to face chat with someone I respect than have a puppy dog looking at. Yeah. <laughs> Not, you're thinking my heels. Um, I question your belief, your wisdom, your temperament, but never your loyalty, Nehru. Was that a compliment, Delin? After a fashion, Nehru. Then you trust me, Delin? After a fashion, Sheridan. I just want you to say that absolutely nothing happened today in sector 83 by 9 by 12. And Delin, not knowing the irony of her statement, incredible. Only the warrior cast would ever turn against one of their own. You, you are the steady rock beneath my feet. Thank you. She also said, you are the wind beneath my wings, but that scene got deleted. Okay. <laughs> um, I think she doesn't sing. She just makes speeches because she totally would burst into song there. Nerun, Dukat chose you above all to follow him. Slowly, dimly, I began to understand why. I do not know what lies ahead of us to Lynn, but I do know it is right that we are here together. Rating, I like this episode a lot. Sheridan gets the support of the non-aligned worlds, and Delin makes an arrangement with Nerun. Or does she? And then there's the humans ray way Sheridan gets his way. I rate the episode 8 out of 10 poisonous fuel canisters. Take care for while the shadow war is over, their minions are still out there, and there is no surrender and no retreat. Yan. Thank you, Yan. Thanks, John. Thanks, Yan. And... <laughs> Also, no, I shouldn't read this. <laughs> I should read spam sometimes. <laughs> American and European and American women are too arrogant for you. Can't find a queen to rule your heart. How about beautiful Russian ladies that have royal blood and royal look? Oh, I thought they were going to be Centauri ladies. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like Ivana. Don't they know their audience? <laughs> Here you can find hundreds of portfolios of these fine women of any age for every taste. There are thousands of cute girls from Russia who would love to meet a Western man to meet you. (laughs) Thank you, Morgan, for that. (laughs) If it wouldn't give your computer a virus or give us tons more spam, you should write back and say, do you have any Centauri women? (laughs) (laughs) Or Narnians? Yeah. Yeah. Our last email is from Melanie. I will paste this. There we go. There we go. Hi down below. When I think about this episode, I always remember Sheridan tricking the League of Non-Aligned Worlds into allowing the White Stars to protect them in one of the funniest episodes of the series. Then I start watching it and get that heartbreaking scene between Delenn and Lanier on their way to Minbar. It's like that time when Londo and Jakar got stuck in the elevator, except this time I care equally about both storylines. Delenn somehow thinks that only the warrior cast would turn against one of their own. Didn't the religious cast turn against her when she became half human? <laughs> Point, Melanie. <laughs> and only a few episodes ago, they wanted to keep her from marrying Sheridan because he's not Mimbari. Dylan, even if your cast hasn't just tried to kill you and everyone else on the ship, I don't think they're as great as you think. The other story has Sheridan acting strange while claiming that everything is fine. When did the ambassadors figure out what he was doing? Um, I think it was... I didn't figure out exactly what he was doing, but I think it was when uh, Londo was talking to the... um, to the Drazi was when I kind of started to pick up on it. Um, well, he did get exactly what he wanted by tricking the league into thinking he was hiding something else. Rating 8.75. It's hard to think of a bonus this week since it was such an even episode, but I'll give Marcus's mission 0.2. Final rating 8.95. Human of the week, Sheridan, alien, Lanier. Um, quotes. Sheridan, I'm tired of doing things the hard way. There's an easier way to convince them, Marcus. And how do we do that? Sheridan, by not convincing them. Um, Londo, 
My point, if you will allow me to make it, is that there is much about the human mind that I don't understand. So perhaps you will explain to me how allowing your ships to patrol the border of Centauri space will inspire the rest of the League to do the same, if I can't even tell them that we are doing it. Sheridan. Londo, trust me. Um, Sheridan. Marcus, you're in position. Marcus. Got here a little while ago. We scanned the area, but there's nothing here. Just a bunch of asteroids. Sheridan. Good. I want you to target several of the asteroids and destroy them. Marcus. I see. And then? Sheridan. Then come back. Marcus. That's it? Sheridan. Yes. Marcus. Shoot a bunch of rocks and then leave. Sheridan. Correct? Marcus. Captain, may I ask? Sheridan. You may not. You have your orders. I have neither the desire nor the inclination to explain them to you. Now, if you're incapable of carrying them out, let me know. Otherwise, I'll see you when you've completed your mission. Marcus, understood. <laughs> um, Burkiri Ambassador, White Stars do not attack asteroids. <laughs> now, so where did they get that? That that was that's the one that I was kind of like, hmm. So you know, who says they don't? Yeah, how do you know? <laughs> White Stars don't attack asteroids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and best regards, Melanie, the Krakovian beer fan. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you. Thanks for all the feedback, everybody. Love hearing from you. I will try to get more feedback uh, better this semester, guys. I promise. So, <laughs> so I, I need to work on my dissertation. So it's a good time for me to avoid working. So <laughs> do other things. I know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, or not the dissertation, but avoiding avoiding work. working on other things. Yeah, it, uh, it's basically the same thing, except you don't have to show up anywhere. So. <laughs> Which makes it even less incentive. Uh, frozen tundra of North Virginia. <laughs> and apparently New Jersey is having a lot of flooding. Oh, really? Yeah, even worse than uh, in the last hurricane, it said. Wow. Because it's not coming from the ocean. It's coming from inland or something. So it's like not being blocked by the walls that they built after the hurricane. Oh. I was reading this morning. <laughs> My parents were having fun in, fun in Nashville, apparently, yesterday, we called them, and they're like, yeah, whatever. So. You know when you realize that two of your friends know each other, and you're like, how the hell do they know each other? <laughs> like, when did they ever meet? How would they have known each other? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, when is he predictions, Heidi? <laughs> um, yeah. What's the next so episode? So, the next episode is Moments of Transition. Oh, <sighs> Can we get any more vague? Um, <laughs> transition. I think it's... Um, huh? No, go ahead. I was, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I think that we're probably sticking with this storyline. Um, I don't know. It seems like seems like we're leading into it. So I don't think it's going to be a Mars episode. Like, uh, maybe we'll see Mars, but it won't be focused on Mars. Um... Maybe the transition is uh, the warrior cast taking over. Um, that's let's see. That's the only transition I can predict at this point. So overall predictions. Um, we got to see uh, some size again. Uh, maybe Lita will be back. I'm hoping so. Uh, overall stuff is hard right now because it's kind of. Like we're in between, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're in transition. <laughs> um, and so maybe we'll hear more about uh, problems on Earth, but I feel like the Mimbari situation is kind of covering that, like with the uh, with the government being, you know, civil war basically going on. So I'm not sure if if the Earth part is actually gonna take place. It'll probably just take place more in the background, like as far as on reports and things. Um, but Mars, we've got to have, got to have some stuff going on there. Maybe Earth stuff will happen, and Mars uh, will side with the, I don't know what you would call them, the people opposing uh, president. Um, they could have an underground railroad that takes um, supporters from Earth to Mars. Because, you know, nobody would notice the rockets going off and taking them. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
awesome. I also just got done reading The Martian, and so I have all these. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I I don't do as well with predictions when I don't have Elizabeth to bounce them off of. I think a motivational speaker is going to come to Babylon 5 and talk about how transition is a normal part of life. <laughs> Change is good for yeah. business. But Get then... That once. But then Sinclair would just want to get up there and make a speech. <laughs> it's true. And Dylan would go and debate him. And That's right. Yeah. It would be a whole thing. There would be several ceremonies involved. Absolutely. <laughs> the ceremony of transition. Yeah. <laughs> or didn't Dylan already do that with the cocoon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, Derek, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to the awesomest podcasters I know. So. Oh, thank you. Thanks you for showing up. You <laughs> know, that was, that was a big deal today. Ooh, showing I wasn't up. sure I was going to make it. <laughs> Set the bar low for me. Yes. It could have just been me and you, Derek. <laughs> That's okay. I'll talk about Babylon 5. With, with I tried with my three-year-old, but he's not taking it yet. So. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and I'll see you guys in two weeks, actually. So after not awesome. yeah. to you for a year, on I'm right back on. So, which is very cool. But thank you, of course, for inviting me in this wonderful experience of this awesome show. Awesome. Well, that is all we have for this week, folks. We'll be back next time with Moments of Transition. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Um, uh, I'm for Beth. I'm going to say stroke off. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast.